Hey there, I'm Ruby Jones, the host of Schwartz Media's daily news show, 7am. This is The Weekend Read. Every fortnight on the show, we feature the best long-form journalism in Australia, read to you by the people who wrote it. Today on the show, author of Sundressed and fashion editor for the Saturday paper, Lucianne Tonti, on confronting the hundreds of thousands of tonnes of waste clothing contributing to landfill. The Australian fashion industry is a major cause of the 227,000 tonnes of waste clothing generated each year, much of it never worn before it's discarded. Nonprofits are attempting to curb the issue, redirecting and recycling the waste clothing, but the problem lies at the source overproduction. After a short conversation with 7am's editor Scott Mitchell, Lucianne will read her piece, Fashion's Wasteland, from the Saturday paper. Lucianne, welcome to the show. For this story, you visited a warehouse that was full of brand new clothes that were never sold by retailers and then ended up in this warehouse. Can you tell me a bit what it was like to see all of that stock and to walk into that warehouse full of clothes? Kind of breathtaking is the best way to describe it. I um, wasn't really expecting the warehouse to be so enormous, so it was a really huge space and a space with really, really high ceilings and rows and rows and shelves and shelves of boxes full of new clothes that were just stacked to the ceiling. And I was kind of walking around with my mouth wide open saying, oh my goodness. And the CEO of the company, Thread Together, Anthony Chesler said to me, we're getting new stuff coming in every day and new stuff going out every day. So this isn't even static, what you're you're looking at. Yeah, incredible. And, you know, as well as this article, you've, you know, written a book as well that covers a lot about fashion, the life cycle of clothing, waste, all these kind of issues. Can you tell me from the very beginning, what is it that drew you to the subject and how did you want to approach your reporting on it? I was introduced to Thread Together when I was sent on a story um, reporting in Lismore for The Guardian about the Year 12 students um, from the class of 2022 uh, completing their high school formals. And, you know, these were students that were severely affected by the, the floods that happened last year and a few years before as well. And, you know, some of them lost their homes, some of them lost their jobs, some of them had family members that lost their jobs. And what Thread Together does is go into these communities affected by, well, people in need. So you might be affected by floods or fires or other situations where we have families fleeing domestic violence. And they went in and made sure that every single student had a dress and heels or a suit and Aaron Williams boots (laughs) to wear to their formals. And it was a really special couple of days kind of following these kids around while they got their nails done and their hair done and fought with their mums and (laughs) all of that stuff that comes along with being in year 12. And it was interesting to see this organisation kind of tackling these things from two angles, you know, on the one side, the <laughs> making sure these people had a sense of dignity and could enjoy their school formals. And on the other side, also going into their warehouse and seeing that, you know, that they were also tackling this enormous issue of textile waste on the other side. And it was something that felt really important to go in and kind of nut out what was happening when I started researching and understanding the environmental cost of that goes into making each garment, uh, it became more and more disturbing. And really, this story was about 
tackling something that had been bothering me for a long time. Once you work in the industry and you understand how many resources are being pulled out of the ground, how many more resources are being used to turn those into fabrics and then again into garments, it's kind of quite heartbreaking when you walk through any shopping mall or even walk into like a a Just Jeans or a country road and you see the piles and piles of T-shirts and jeans and the racks stuffed full of clothes and knowing (laughs) that we already produce 60% more garments than we were in 2000, that is predicted to increase by another 60% by the year 2030. And it's just an enormous waste of resources. The average Australian sends 10 kilograms of textile waste to landfill every year which is a pretty huge amount. And in this article in particular, you look at how different the industry is here in Australia compared to some comparable countries. How shocking was it to find out that maybe there are solutions that Australia hasn't really looked to or that the regulatory environment is very different here than it is elsewhere? Yeah, it kind of wasn't so surprising. So when the Australian Fashion Council announced that they'd received a $1 million grant from the federal government to tackle circularity in the clothing industry, it was clear that there was a knowledge gap between (laughs) where Europe was, really, because Europe is kind of the benchmark, and they're probably 10 years ahead of us when it comes to recycling and regulating to um, reduce textile waste and make producers accountable for the amount of clothing that they're making and selling. But in that time, the Australian Fashion Council and the consortium that they grouped together to do this research really have come a long way. And I think that the work they've done is is almost on par with where we're seeing Europe go. So textile waste and fast fashion and mass production and all of these things are becoming increasingly things of the past. Well, Lucienne, I can't wait to listen to you read your piece. Thanks, Scott. Coming up after the break, Lucienne will read her piece, Fashion's Wasteland. The City of London in Andrew O'Hagan's latest novel is crumbling. But don't mistake this for pessimism. Instead, the author insists it's a necessary process for a better future. Change doesn't just happen because it's time for a change. Change has to be forced. We live in the end not in countries that are settled places. They're just imagined communities. I'm Michael Williams, and on this week's Read This, I sit down with Andrew O'Hagan to discuss his latest, Caledonian Road. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Fashion's Wasteland In an enormous warehouse in Banks Meadow, New South Wales, rows and rows of boxes are stacked so high they almost reach the nine-metre ceiling. The 1,600-square-metre facility is the headquarters of Thread Together. The boxes are full of brand-new clothes that didn't sell and have been donated to the non-profit by Australian fashion brands. Thread Together was set up to help people in need by giving them new wardrobes, but after a decade of operating... Chief Executive Anthony Chesler has identified another problem. Too many clothes are being produced, resulting in excessive garment waste. Every day they receive between 10 and 20 pallets of excess stock from fashion brands. Every year, they send out 1.5 million garments to communities affected by floods and fires, families fleeing domestic violence, 
and people reintegrating into society after incarceration. But they receive roughly 2 million more garments a year than they can distribute, leaving the charity with an enormous amount of t-shirts, jeans, jumpers and suits in storage. The issue is so pressing that Chesler is considering expanding Thread Together's role into textile recycling. But since the problem is an oversupply of new goods, it could also be dealt with at the other end of the supply chain. People don't realise that retailers are ordering a buffer, often as much as 30% more than they think they're going to sell, says Alicia McCallion of the Monash Sustainable Development Institute. In Australia, there is no requirement for fashion brands and stores to disclose their unsold inventory, so there is no data on how many clothes they create, store and destroy. No one communicates the percentage of pre-consumer textile waste they haven't sold, Chesler says. He believes as much as one-third of all stock produced is being sent to landfill before it has been worn. Unlike in the European Union, where the destruction of unsold goods is the target of regulation, in Australia, there are no bans to prevent anyone destroying unsold goods, says McCallion. If unsold stock couldn't just be thrown in a storage locker or bin, I don't think they would produce as much. On February 15th, the National Clothing Product Stewardship Scheme, which is led by the Australian Fashion Council, AFC, announced the final stage of its plan to address textile waste with a commitment to achieve circularity by 2030. The industry-led scheme is designed to incentivise brands to create garments from recycled materials that are more durable, repairable and recyclable, alongside a proposal to build the infrastructure for textile collecting, sorting and recycling. Under the scheme, which will be operational from July 2024, fashion businesses opt in to pay a four-cent levy for every garment they put on the market. These proceeds go towards funding the initiative. Brands can get a discounted rate if their garments meet certain criteria, which is intended to encourage the creation of more sustainable clothes. Alice Payne, one of the scheme's lead contributors, says... If you've got a garment that is inherently more durable or more recyclable, there are payoffs. The fashion industry is responsible for about 4% of global greenhouse gas emissions. For some experts in the space, the emphasis on recycling does not tackle the two forces at the heart of fashion's carbon footprint, overproduction and overconsumption. We can't recycle our way out of this because we are absolutely not investing in the same level of infrastructure for recycling as we are for production. It's not an equal balance, says McCallion. Currently, only 7,000 tonnes of textiles are recycled in Australia annually, a tiny fraction of the 1.5 billion units of clothes that are imported into the country every year. A recent report from the AFC revealed that in Australia... 227,000 tonnes of clothing is sent to landfill annually, which equates to about 10 kilograms of textile waste per person. While there are a few Australian companies operating in the space, infrastructure for textile recycling in Australia is relatively nascent. Capacity is limited and no one is operating at scale. The most established company, Queensland-based Blocktex, focuses on recycling bedsheets made from polyester cotton blends. Clothes are a particularly complex part of the waste stream and are difficult to recycle. First, unlike metal, paper and glass, which are collected by local councils regularly, the infrastructure for textile collection is largely drop-off points, curbside donation bins and charity stores. 
Second, the intricate nature of clothes further complicates the process. Buttons, zips and other hardware must be removed. And unless garments are being shredded and downcycled into insulation or carpets, they have to be sorted depending on fibre type. To do this accurately, infrared scanners are needed. Garments made of fibre blends such as polyester and cotton are even harder to recycle as the fibres must be separated first. In response to a question on overproduction during the AFC's community roundtable, Peter Allen, one of the architects of the scheme, said, We do recognise elements of overproduction and overconsumption and will be seeking change in these aspects. AFC Chief Executive Leila Naha Hibri says the funding mechanism of the scheme itself will help reduce excess stock. If brands are paying a fee for every unit of clothing they commission, this adds a further incentive to make sure they are not overproducing and paying a fee for what they don't sell. One problem with any voluntary scheme is getting enough participation. The AFC's project manager, Danielle Kent, couldn't say how many brands and retailers might join, but that the target was to recruit Australia's top 30 clothing brands and retailers who bring in at least 60% of the 1.5 billion units of clothing that is imported into our market each year. Another challenge is ensuring that brands aren't simply advertising their participation to appeal to consumers while falling short of their commitments, another form of greenwashing. Kent says the tools for ensuring compliance are yet to be determined, but participating brands will have their own circular action plan to track and measure their progress. But the industry needs also to recognise that all companies already have the power to reduce their environmental impact. Rosanna Iacono, the managing director of consultancy firm The Growth Activists, says there are strategies brands can implement now to reduce the amount of unsold inventory including made-to-order models, artificial intelligence to create better algorithms for customer data, and switching to local production where the turnaround time can be shorter so orders are better informed by consumer demand. In Europe, which is considered the global benchmark for clothing circularity, voluntary schemes have been abandoned in favour of regulations to address textile waste. European Commissioner for the Environment, Vilgenius Sinkevicius tells the Saturday paper that proposed regulation in the EU aims to disincentivize companies from destroying unsold products and significantly increase transparency in the sector. This will allow us to gather a detailed overview of the actual number of unsold textile products being destroyed in the EU and then take further action. We are taking steps to reduce the negative effects of overproduction and overconsumption of clothing and to move away from fast fashion, he says. To do this, we will create rules to stop excessive garment production and promote sustainability and circularity in the textiles industry. When asked if there were plans for Australia to follow suit, Naha Hibri said the kind of regulation being passed in the EU is not within the authority of the scheme we are designing but rests with government. The Australian scheme is the product of a $1 million grant that was awarded to the AFC after clothing textiles were added to the Minister for the Environment's priority list for product stewardship in 2021 under the Morrison government. The addition suggests that regulatory measures may be brought to bear if the industry fails to act. In response to a question from the Saturday paper about implementing regulations similar to the EU for clothing and textiles, the Office of the Environment Minister responded with a statement from Tanya Plibersek stating, 
If industries don't step up, I'm not afraid to take stronger action. To hear more Weekend Reads, you can subscribe to The Weekend Read in Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.